Welcome back to Cooper Duper, a Twin Peaks podcast for regular people. This is Jess. This is Mikey. And we are here with what is for now our last episode. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I don't know. It's it's weird. It feels like we just started doing this. Like it was it yeah. was all just on a whim, but like it all it also feels like forever since I last watched Twin Peaks. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like at the same time, I was like, oh, it's been, I feel like oh, it's been a while since we watched Twin Peaks, and like I was like, do up for a rewatch. Yeah, like it's 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 strange. It it really is. Well, it makes like, sense. It's been a year and a half since yeah. you've seen the pilot, right? Yeah. Which like normally you I probably so. do that once a year. Uh, maybe not that much, mm. but but yeah, it's and maybe just that like. It, it's usually like, oh, I feel like Twin Peaks is coming up again. I should watch that again. And since we've been talking about Lynch and Twin Peaks so much uh-huh. since then, it's also like been on my mind. So I feel like I need to watch it again. And sure. Yeah. Um. Well, for our last episode, we uh, kind of have a two. <laughs> we we built up to the big one. Oh my the god. The thing, the one movie of David Lynch's that everybody loves. When you think of David Lynch. Oh, you think boy. of what did Jack do? <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yikes. Um this was weird. Um end of list. <laughs> yeah, I remember this like sitting across from um my friend Phil who I work with um who's on the show. Uh-huh. Um and and seeing like that announcement he's the one who actually like sent me the article that like oh david lynch has a new film coming out on netflix and i was like oh shit this is fucking awesome and like saw the date that it dropped and then like realized oh it's just a short film cool i'm (laughs) I'm curious and then watched it and was just like what the fuck did i like this feels like so early early in lynch's career he did a short film with katherine colson who's the log lady Mm -hmm. who today is the the day we're recording this uh we actually didn't record it on the weekend like we said i think but today is the anniversary of her death six oh. years ago already um How many years? six six yeah Jeez, louise um but he so david lynch made a, a short film with her called the amputee um which was basically no story n- nothing made sense but it was a it was a basically a film stock test that he put together as sort of a short film to mm-hmm. test different film stocks and different lighting situations and stuff. And it was just a, a test project, but like uh, do something practical with it so that I'm not just like shooting film and being like, I hope this works. If sure. I have something in mind, yeah. turn it into a, like a little pseudo project. And then he released this like little short film that didn't really make much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what this felt like. Like, it didn't feel like there was any passion behind it. It it, it didn't seem to mean anything. It didn't seem to yeah. be. It. I. I almost wonder if it was like, let me test and see if I can do this mouth voiceover technology thing. In you some mean way, that technology that's been around since Conan yeah, O'Brien like, did it in 1996. <laughs> I mean, it's it's slightly Let's, better than that, but slightly, slightly, but like, and honestly, probably only because it's in black and white. And, and but like. But to do it on a moving subject, you know what I mean? Like the, the monkey was turning its head from side to side and things like that. Like it just, regardless of can it be done, can I do it? Right. You know what I mean? Like I, that's what it feels like is, is a test of some kind of like seeing what I can do. Sure. Um. But yeah, it's, I have nothing to say about it really yeah i don't know um i mean we can read the the thing no it's okay but i mean the paragraph is david lynch interrogates a monkey about a murder like that's yeah all and it's yeah he doesn't even he seems to be playing he doesn't get a name david lynch doesn't get a name he Mm -mm. seems to be playing gordon cole he's wearing the Mm -hmm. same black suit just like generic yeah authority figure you know like not even necessarily the police like it's like a PI. Yeah, it's just, I mean, outs except for he pulls the gun at the end. There's the waitress who comes in, <sighs> and she she's been in uh, Inland Empire and Twin Peaks season mm-hmm. three, so that's someone he's worked with before. It's 
I think the one thing to talk about that's interesting is it's very clearly David Lynch's mouth and voice doing the monkey, but like with like yeah, I, I wouldn't some, say it was very obvious. There's I, just words that he has a way of delivering that are very are very much his and his alone, really. Mm. Um, I think by you know by way of him bouncing around as much as he did when he was a kid, he's got a very unique accent. Mm. That is not really regional to anything in particular, but yeah. kind of mixing and matching of a lot of different regions. A lot of like military brats have that. A very Moira Rose. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it's it's also got some audio effects on it to kind of deepen it and slow it down almost a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's... Yeah. You're hearing, you get to, you hear David Lynch sing us a song. Yep. About the love's flame or whatever. Yeah. It was gorgeous. It was stunning. Um, But yeah, it's silly. It was fun. It was because it was only 17 minutes. I didn't think it was that fun. That was my problem is like, it didn't feel fun. I thought it was fun because of the fact that like, it never gra- it was like the entire th- the entire conversation was spoken in like idioms yeah you know what i mean like it was there was nothing real being exchanged which i thought was entertaining that it would be you know we got to we have to discuss the elephant in the room right you know and then it's yeah you one might say i'm you know i whatever like it's just back and forth was like two people picking fra- like phrases out of a phrase book yeah. <laughs> like back yeah. and forth and like if it almost feels like a mad libs conversation of some kind like that they just like ooh here's all the phrases we have to use yeah yeah try to where, how can in. we put them in a place where like an improv sounds, game yeah it almost <laughs> sounds linear like yeah it feels like some type of like theater game or improv game like that um and like david lynch doesn't even really seem to be acting he's just Stoic and stone faced the whole time, except for when he's the monkey, which they don't credit him. They only credit Jack Mm -hmm. the monkey. Mm -hmm. Like the song was performed by Jack the monkey, even though clearly he didn't sing it. Right. (laughs) So, right. uh, It's, it's wild, but it's fun. It's, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was interesting in, I thought it was interesting because it's only 17 minutes. I guess if if the, if he had made some like forty minute thing out of this, I know who gives a shit how long a fucking scene is or whatever. Yeah. But that this couldn't have gone on too much longer. No, um, I also think I think my problem was it was either not weird enough or too weird. Yeah, like it did not like hit that sweet spot for me of like. Ooh, kind of creepy, uncanny. Like, ooh, this doesn't feel right, and it's mm-hmm. kind of eerie. Because um, it's versus... all just shot, reverse shot. Like, there's no, right. there's no cinematic like imagery that's really intriguing, or it's just two people sitting in a room that, if they didn't say it was a train station uh, out the gate, we wouldn't know it's a train station. Yeah, like. Also, why is it a train station? That doesn't even really matter. Like, sure, like, sure. It's and then they arrest him anyway. Why are they talking about chickens? Yeah. Why is Tutankhamen or whatever the so the chicken? It's what, I just it's. But it reminds me of like someone who's elevated himself to the status that David Lynch is in, mm-hmm. going back and being like, I'm gonna do just this fun student film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's cool that he's not, like... Like, there's a lot of film directors and whatever that are just, next project's got to be bigger. Next project's got to be bigger. Next sure. project's got to be bigger. And then this one's like, yeah, this will just be fun. I'll do this whole thing by myself with a monkey. Right, exactly. And just put it out there. And Netflix is like, yeah, David Lynch is on it. Sure, we'll put it out. <laughs> you know, like... Sure. And I'm, you know, I'm sure Sabrina Sutherland did a lot of work on that to, to make it happen, but... Mm-hmm. It's yeah, yeah. I don't know. What what do you have to say about it? I genuinely have nothing to say. Like it just, uh, boy. What a like to me. It's a real bummer of a note to land on. Of 
it's just like, all right, what like it goes back to all the stuff about Inland Empire, about like yeah. he's not making art for anybody. He's making it for himself, and therefore I feel no compunction <laughs> to say, Yeah, I don't like this and I don't get what he was doing. I thought it was a big dumb failure. And like, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't I don't need to like, you know, kiss his feet and pretend everything he did is genius. He's a fucking lunatic sometimes and this to me did not land in any meaningful way it wasn't funny it wasn't scary it wasn't eerie it wasn't creepy it was just not fun odd behavior yeah and I didn't enjoy it so sorry I'm sorry like that's why I haven't said anything like I have nothing good to say about it well then say something bad about it like it was stupid and boring and 17 minutes too long okay like genuinely I don't understand it wasn't a metaphor for anything you know like it was I didn't understand why like, I just didn't get it and I I think it just hit me at my limit of like he doesn't care if I don't get it so I'm not gonna like put in any effort on yeah. this yeah I mean and that's the thing is that like it, it was released with no fanfare I don't I that's why it also at the very end of the credits it had a copyright 2016 year of the monkey which mm-hmm. but but it wasn't released until 2020? It was filmed in 2017, according to the research really? I did. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason that took four or even three years to make. Well, they had to develop the monkey talking <laughs> technology. They had to train the monkey to yeah. talk because yeah, exactly. that's what actually happened. Yeah. They had to, the monkey had to sleep with tapes of David Lynch <laughs> uh, talking uh, 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 so he could uh, learn the accent. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> uh, but yeah, so I'm curious of like, it, was it just sitting around and then... Let's sell it to Netflix and get a couple bucks for it. Or, yeah, and I, I like, don't bemoan him for that. Oh, yeah. And and that's the whole thing is that, like, that's why it felt like I want to try some things. I, I'm not worried about making a story or a linear story or making it mean. It's uh, the same way he said about Inland Empire, which was more of a spectacle. But, like, I want to test these cameras. I want to get out there and see if I can do this thing and let's put it together as linear as possible or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what this is on, on a much, much smaller scale. Sure, sure, and and it, I don't think it ever intended to have an audience. Yeah, and that's and honestly, you know. like that's why I don't, mm-hmm. you know, feel bad. You know, if I was like trying to like think about writing a book and I wrote just kind of like a one-off, like I just a proof of concept that I can yeah. put together a plot, and someone's like, "This is bad." It's like, yeah, I know. Like, it's not meant to be yeah. for you, or it's not meant to be good. It's meant to like do some technical yeah, stuff. I, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, he has <laughs> vested interest in it himself. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, so no, I didn't like it. I'm sorry. I, 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 I'd be curious what people like that. about it. There's, I, there's I, a Ringer article about how like it's reignited his love of David Lynch. This little movie. See, um, but it almost honestly, skimming through. He seems pretty pretentious. So. I mean, I could guarantee that. <laughs> um, it it almost feels like a meta joke of I'm going to put out this really fucking stupid thing that everybody knows is stupid just to see if people come at it with like the brilliance of David Lynch. Mm -hmm. And like, I just thought it was dumb and funny. Yeah. That was, I I, I think that was the problem is like, I didn't find anything about it. funny. I just thought it was silly. Felt stupid. Yeah. And And, and it was like, it was a parody of a, um, what are those called? Uh, those spy brick was one, Noir. Noir. Yeah, like neo-noir. Like film noir. Film noir is what I was thinking of. It has vibes of that, like, yeah. traditional, you know. Oh, the, the inter- smoking. Yeah, and, the yeah, interrogation sure. thing. But, like, it didn't say anything about that genre or make me think of it in a different way. Unless maybe I could apply, like, I could apply some sort of l- long-winded thing about the monkey is being interrogated by police and it's a way to show how, like, when people, young people or whatever, are interrogated by police, it's just as crazy because police suck yeah. and you never know. Like, yeah, I mean, if you, he did something like that, yeah, it's sure. a blank slate for right for interpretation. Putting, yeah, whatever you want on it. It it also what I thought was interesting is that like Lynch is on record as saying many times that he'll never go back to film. Doesn't like film. Doesn't want to work with film again. He's obsessed. Film the medium yeah. or film like a feature length film, uh, film like cellulite. Um, I see. Like 
uh, is any is that a controversial no, thing? Does anybody? No, <laughs> absolutely not. But he's he like that's he was one of the early adopters of digital, oh. and we'll never go back to to celluloid. Oh, the waitress is played by his wife, Emily. Oh, that's his Stoffel. wife now. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Stoffel or Stoffel? Sto- uh, probably Stoffel, I assume. Um, been married since two thousand nine. Okay, like he's been married a few times. I'm not even. I know. Don't, don't even keep track. Um. But yeah, she's in both Twin Peaks season three and Inland Empire also. Mm-hmm. I, I never realized that. Cool. Um, but he's, you know, doesn't like the medium of film and loves digital. So it's weird that he made an effort to put on post yeah. effects to make this look like film, um, which I th- thought was really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is actually a, an interesting because I definitely clocked that it had like yeah, a it's, graininess. It's, but. it's a. Like, it's a generic, like, it's one of those that, like... You could do it on your iPhone. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it throws some dust specs and stuff on there. Right, and, right. Yeah. Um. Okay, so that is all for our What Did Jack Do segment. And we've gone almost exactly as long as the show, the movie That's itself. typically what we do. Yeah. Go as long as the movie, and then <laughs> that only afforded us 17 minutes of <laughs> talking. Uh, so we got a couple questions in from listeners and, uh, we're going to answer those and then that's it. Uh, do you want to go first, Mikey? Sure. This is fairly small on my phone and my eyes are bad, so bear with me. Oh my God. Do you need reading glasses? Yeah, maybe. Probably. My eyes aren't great. Um, so we did get an email from John Bernardi, mm-hmm. friend of friend of the pod, mm-hmm. past guest, <laughs> um, also friend of any Twin Peaks yeah. podcast. He's he's, he's the supporter. ultimate supporter. Um, says Bon Voyage. Hi, hi Jess. Hi Mikey. Hi. Hi. Congratulations on finishing your seventeen month long journey. Mm. Thanks. Didn't clock that timing, but. Thanks. I said a year and a half earlier, yeah, but I mean, but like, yeah, it's it's just fun to think about. Um, I've had a blast listening along with you from home and work, and even literally with you on episode twenty six. <laughs> uh, thanks again. It always feels like we're there in the room with you, and I've even tried to let <laughs> let your dog out in the backyard <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> Daddy, that's you. Oh, um, we really get to know you. I've appreciated the social consciousness and and film shop talk mm. um can I get bigger? Oh, yeah. my mom has some tips on how to make your uh the font yeah but it's like it's, it's oh just, she's an iphone it's yeah. a fair amount of text so like i don't want to get it big because i don't want to have to scroll mm. left and right sure uh where was i do and I think you'll do well in the Twin Peaks podcasting space for years to come between how you connect with Twin Peaks to film and to real life and possibly for those enjoyable tangents, LOL. <laughs> Honestly, though, you're one of the shows that finally pushed me over the edge into starting up a, a show, too, this winter Hi. from the look of things. So thank you for that as well. So Congratulations. Don't know if he's announced that anywhere else. If not, you get the scoop right here in probably, Cooper Duper. We should probably check with him first to make sure it's okay to... to Good call. Thank you. Um, if not, boom, John Bernardi, be on the lookout, dropping his own Twin Peaks podcast. Uh, now, I know Mikey's the same kind of watched it when he was too young in life as I am. So I know he's going to rewatch Twin Peaks more times, but how is Jess feeling about it? Think you need a vacation from it for a while and then revisit it? Mm-hmm. Um, did you ring out every drop from it you needed this time? Uh, ready to restart next week? I'm curious. And then and there's a little bit more, but since there's a specific question in there. Yeah. Um, um, oof. I yeah. am curious to revisit Twin Peaks Mostly given the fact that uh, two things. One is this time, like, it was the hardest I've ever paid attention to anything. And, like, <laughs> I feel like I finally have an understanding, especially like season three. It genuinely took me, this is probably my third or fourth time seeing it, to mm-hmm. like get what the fuck was going on in any given moment. And, Did like, you watch it that much? I felt like season three, you only watched when we watched it live and never went and watched it again. When we watched it live and before we left for Twin Peaks West. Oh, right, right, right. That makes sense. Um, and then and then this time so that would have been three sure. and, and 
and only just this time around did I get what the fuck was going on with with mm-hmm. anything. And and even that is right, is tenuous. Yeah, barely. Um, because no one really understands what's going on. Right. But what I am curious about is to go back and now that I've seen his films, mm. go back and like kind of see where if you can sure. see like this is a reference to that oh, or this is a precursor to tons that of yeah eggs and, and, and you pointed three, them out sure. a lot but obviously they weren't anything i got i do need a break <laughs> from it I, I i think i need a break from having a strong opinion on a show i don't know very well it's it's it gets a little bit taxing when it's like i don't know this show as well as you and so i feel like i have to pay attention like twice as hard mm. and like really like drill down and what the fuck is going on because I don't mm-hmm. <laughs> I, there's nothing else to do um, I'm kind of curious to re- to revisit it in a non homeworky way of like sure. you know just watch a couple episodes here and there as opposed to the way we would do one episode per week would you if you were to go back and never watch it again in a year or two or whatever mm-hmm. would your plan be to just watch it again episode by episode or do you would it be the type of show where you'd bounce around and be like, I want to watch this episode. I remember that oh, being a fun one. No, um, I like, don't. I do that very infrequently. There's like a few shows sure. that I have like an episode I'll go to, like Haunting of Hill House is one. The the Two Storms one is my favorite episode of anything. Hmm. Um, but I'm normally not that kind of TV watcher. I'm a completist. Yeah. Um, for for almost all things, I tend to like. I accidentally read the second book in a trilogy first, not knowing that it was a trilogy, but it w- it wasn't like a sure. It was like a it's like my deer hunter story <laughs> exactly, but it I was like I a rom com thing. So it was three different characters. It didn't it, the way that romance novels are connected. It's sure. like the same characters, but I just didn't realize it. And I was like, oh no, this has to be fixed immediately. Um, <laughs> another, t- another Talia Hibbert jam. I've been mm-hmm. plugging her. She's one of my faves right now. Anyway, all that's to say is, yeah, um, yes, I will. I'm sure I'll watch it again. I mean, God, yeah. I'm gonna live with you for the next fifty years, <laughs> so. I think it's inevitable that I that I will, but I don't. I think it'll take me a long time to seek it back out. And if I did, I might even consider re-listening to this mm. as I rewatch it. Would you ever listen to other Twin Peaks podcasts? I have, like, like as a, a watch along. You know, I didn't think of that. Maybe, maybe. Um, I mean, I don't think they'll have as many, like, cool, fun anecdotes as, <laughs> as we bring to the table, but, like, that's sure, okay. Sure, sure. Yeah, the top of the line right here. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just going to go in the queue of when you and I are looking for shows in two years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, let's try Tim- Twin Peaks again. Like, sure. Um, but I do not see myself seeking it out in the next year or two. Yeah, absolutely. Even, even I, yeah, I am always game to watch it, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not. as this is for me it was fun to discuss like that was always a thing is that I part of what I liked about Twin Peaks 2 it's it was the a double-edged sword I guess of I loved this thing and while when I was younger didn't know anybody else who did oh sure you know like my sister watched it and enjoyed it but by the time I was old enough to discuss it, she had checked out a little bit. Like, she didn't care as much. Mm. Um, so I couldn't, like, watch episodes and be like, oh, man, let's talk about this. I didn't have that with really anybody. Mm-hmm. So this has been, like, the first time I've, you know, and that and going into... And this was also a time before, like, internet forums. And sure, things like that, sure. that you could connect with people virtually. Yeah. And, and, and so that's why, like... Twin Peaks Fest was always kind of on my list, but it was always, you know, battling my social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but got to a point where, like, you know, comfortable, got the opportunity to go. The the show came back and reignited, and then all of a sudden I realized, oh, Phil's a Twin Peaks fan, and his girlfriend Jen is a big mm-hmm. Twin Peaks. Like, oh, there's people I can have. We I remember we had a holiday party one year um, for my company, and I spent half the time talking to Jen about Twin Peaks because it, like, yeah. It just oh my god I, I get to do this this was so exciting and then finally pulled the trigger on Twin Peaks Fest um, and now it's like oh there's a community there's you know Facebook groups and there's right, right. this obviously and other pot like oh because I remember looking god probably 10 years ago like 
when podcasts weren't huge, but we're getting there looking for a Twin Peaks podcast. And the only thing I could find was like Red Room podcast, mm. which is the Scott Ryan one. But like even that did like a lot of other TV and it was I didn't it have wasn't a, a Twin Peaks fan doing a fan cast. It was but like oh. it was it it was just one of those that like a I didn't have an iPhone so I had to like download episodes through iTunes on my computer and then put them on my iPod. Mm. Like it was a pain in the ass to do, but then like, oh, a few years after that, it started becoming several Twin Peaks podcasts, and then and then the return happened, and all of a sudden they're everywhere, and I had all this community all mm. of a sudden. So I've been able to not only watch but like dissect and discuss and and all that for the first time ever, and I'm it's I just you know. And more and more enamored by the show. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So that's that. The next part of John's email says, "As for questions that could lead to discussion, apparently the last one didn't." <laughs> um, now that you've both dove meticulously through, how do you think you're you've changed or not changed, both in terms of how you feel about Peaks and Lynch as an analyst of this kind of thing? Um, and here's a simple in-universe conver- uh, question. Do you think Inland Empire is basically the same reality as or following the same rules as Twin Peaks Season 3? Um, so I think we just kind of discussed how our views on Twin Peaks have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will let you go first. Do you think Inland Empire and Season 3 are in the same timeline or the same universe or are they connected in any way do you I, I care think we've at all i've already thought about it more than david lynch has ever thought about it i i just i'm kind of wary to sort of world build around david lynch because i think part of me wants to make sure that i am understanding and enjoying the art that he puts out mm-hmm. as opposed to sort of like like the way there's like you know Harry Potter you can be into the books and things like that but there's just like an, an EU yeah. sort of um, and I just don't think that he ever intended to mm-hmm. connect those at all I, I just think he is just constantly trying to find new ways yeah. to like be odd and tell stories and do whatever and I, I don't think that's something he would have considered in my mm-hmm. opinion it just seems that he is very project focused and like I'm gonna make this thing about this and uh whatever it's gonna be some weird shit and then <laughs> gonna do some other weird shit elsewhere I think, I think that's my favorite too is that David Lynch knows he's weird mm. like he knows this stuff is bizarre like he doesn't come at it with like oh you don't get it oh mm-hmm. you're not smart enough to get my like he knows it's fucking batshit right um one of the things, if you're connecting season three and Inland, Inland, Inland Empire mm-hmm. um, that I didn't think about until right now, though, is of all the places that season three takes place. So uh, they call, they loosely people have called Mulholland Drive, Lost Highway, and Inland Empire his L.A. trilogy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them are about Hollywood and the Hollywood elites and and how awful it is to people and how fake and brutal the everything is there. Um, but everyone, you know, everything in, in the town of Hollywood and surrounding and whatever is garbage and he's um, referencing that in all three of those films. And it's very California, California, California. Mm-hmm. Of all the places that season three takes place, none of it is California. Oh, that's interesting. It's obviously the Pacific Northwest, and you get Vegas, and you get Buckhorn, and you get Buenos Aires even. New York. You get in New York and Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't get... And considering a lot of it is shot in California, right? You don't get California at all. Mm-hmm. And I've, especially since the last three films that he's done have been not only California based, but California is a 
character in the film. I hate <laughs> saying that, but the fifth character, right? It's it it's centered around it being California, right? To ignore California completely in season three, I find is a is a strong choice. Can you um, help me one second? Inland Empire, Mulholland Drive, and Lost Highway. I'm wondering if maybe the what did you say LA trilogy or whatever is that yeah, what people, people have, refer to it as? Yeah. I wonder if it's less that and more his show business. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think. I mean, I guess people think of that like inner, like interchangeably of like, oh, it's an LA thing versus it's like a Hollywood movie system thing. But I think they're really sure. Yeah, distinctive in a lot of and ways. I think, and so I, I, in my opinion, just like looking back on what we did, maybe LA Trilogy isn't as accurate and maybe we should like, to me it ties in a little bit better to say it's a show business or, or whatever trilogy because it's about the perils of getting into the Hollywood system. Or Lost Highway is probably not. Yeah, Lost Highway is not really as Hollywood based. Um, I, know, I got real strong Hollywood but, vibes from that you, party that he's in. That's he what I mean. The- but it is, it is the Hollywood Hills. It's very right. much, you know... He's a saxophone player or whatever, yeah. which, um, and then the it's the underbelly of the porn industry, which is Hollywood adjacent. Sure, um, is is prominent in Lost Highway, um, but yeah, to have three feature films back to back to back, and granted, a third of uh, Inland Empire takes place in Poland, um, <laughs> but. To have L.A. and Hollywood and all of that featured so prominently. And it seems like David Lynch is always drawing from what he knows. His mm-hmm. earlier works in like the small town stuff is goes back to his days in Missoula. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this the Lumberton town and Blue Velvet and all these like it's all. And then Wild at Heart is a great transition because it's a road trip movie. It's, right. you know, it's sprawling. Um, to then to then anchor himself down into L.A. for three straight films, and then expand the geography of Twin Peaks season three mm-hmm. to include tons of stuff outside of Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, and not have any of them be California. California mm-hmm. seems, or L.A. in particular, it seems like a a. a a choice, a real mm-hmm. choice, which do I know what that means? Right. No, right. but it seems legit. Cool. Um, so then, yep. So then he says, uh, take care. Don't let the log turn gold on your way out. At least not yet. John. Um, Thanks, so yeah, John. thank you for the message. You know, very, you know, like not just, and there was, he put some time into that, so mm-hmm. thank you for yeah. that. And he's been from the jump. He's been really supportive of yeah. of our show, even though he yeah we did not know each other before this yeah or, yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you ever communicated with him. I think I had followed him on Twitter because he yeah. guest you know guest spots on other yeah. podcasts that I enjoyed. Yeah, so so he's definitely helped us get the word out. Um, okay, and our second and last <laughs> email. <laughs> Which, you know, listen, we get about 100, 150 downloads per episode, which is very, very few. So, honestly, two emails is is great. Yeah. Um, I and have... who knows? Like, that's the other thing, too. People might not be caught up and sure. whatever. And All right. People are probably just intimidated, mm, you know. Yeah. By our celebrity. Oh, for sure. Like, it's hard, you know. Um, okay, this is from Courtney. Uh, She's emailed a, a couple of times. She says, Hi. I assume it's a she. Oh, I just I realized that. To... It might not be. Okay. All right, Gripes. No, I. S- <laughs> she said, Hi, Gripes. <laughs> I said, All right. Anyway. Uh, hi, Gripes. My brain is completely fried, so unfortunately I have no insightful questions for the final episode, but I want to express how much I've enjoyed listening and how well you've tackled this feat. It's been a journey. I loved. All of the thoughtful discussions, even the quote-unquote tangents about art making and the unique perspective you each bring to the table. Honestly, it's it's inspiring to hear you two listen so intently to each other and try to understand where the other is coming from. It makes me want to work on this in my own marriage. 
wow, it's also sweet when you make each other laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's easy for, for Mikey. I laugh at <laughs> literally anything. Uh, I loved hearing the backstory of Lynch's choices because while I've seen all of his work, I did not know how random and on the fly some of his choices were. I love that. He takes such risks in his experimentation and is clearly more interested in the process, even if the outcome is not pleasing to yes. everyone. Ooh, that's really well put. Yes. He that, likes the process of making films. I think. Yes, yeah. and that's something like, what did Jack do? Feels like that. This yeah. will be a fun thing to do. Like when I was saying like testing technology, like that's kind of what I, this will be fun. I want to do this and see what happens. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was well put, Courtney. Um, um, i.e. the discussion of Inland Empire. Yes. Uh, and once you think you've untangled things, you've lost it. It's just so out of reach and it's so frustrating. <laughs> but I also love that he's uh, designed his films this way. Solving the plot is only secondary to experiencing what the films evoke. And boy, are they effective at evoking uncomfortable feelings. Um, I could listen to you discuss movies all day, so I hope you continue to do so in some capacity. Pursued by wine forever. Yay, Courtney. pursued by wine. P.S. My two-year-old son loves this weird video about shapes, and I swear every time I see <laughs> I see it, I picture Audrey Horn dancing to this song in the background. Am I wrong? And I will... <laughs> what shape is it it's a square what shape is it it's a rectangle what shape is it it's a semicircle okay yeah i haven't watched that we have to okay um, yeah, definitely drop that in the thing. And we'll yeah, watch it. really well put. Um, yeah, and honestly, that made me think of how like I cross stitch. Like when I'm out of shit to cross stitch, I'm like, I need to do something because I just want to be making mm-hmm. something all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was. Um, Which is why it's so strange that he went on such a long like Inland Empire came out in like six, two thousand six, I think. And it was all shot digital. So like all of a sudden now he can do all of the film projects he wants at any time. And he didn't. Mm. He went on like he went dark like he was doing a lot of painting. He was doing more physical. Yeah. He was doing a lot of other art for sure. But I'm surprised that he was so excited about this digital film medium. Mm -hmm. And then. Just didn't, didn't do, it for a while. do anything with it until he came back to season three. Really, I mean, he there might have been some short films and stuff. Like I, I don't know when like Dumbland was and stuff like that. But like he there, it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so like someone who wanted to be working like, clearly loves working. Right. Took a break when he found a medium that allows him to work whenever he wants. Yeah. You know. So easily. It's wild. Right. Um, well, those are our emails. Yeah. It's, yeah, not exactly, like, the mailbag isn't exactly the end of Miracle on 34th Street. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed working on this project. I liked, mm-hmm. yeah, I liked digging into something in this way. It's not something I've feel like I've really done since I was in college and mm-hmm. you know studying the lit and that's all you do and I I feel like it's you you have been watching movies differently and even more frequently in general like you've always been a tv person mm-hmm. I feel like you watch movies more and you watch them like I don't I don't know if it's related or whatever but like I don't think you would have been into something like I'm thinking of ending things five years ago mm. I mean, I don't know how much of that is just where you are in life and whatever, or if it's these types of discussions mm-hmm. or what, but like, you know, you're, you're on a big Charlie Kaufman kick. Mm-hmm. I, I've been really into Terrence Malick lately mm-hmm. and he does a lot of very just, it isn't really, pl- it's, he kind of just shows you what happens between the events mm-hmm. like and just lets you sit in the moods and feelings mm-hmm. and it's a lot of people just like dragging their hand along a wall but it's just beautiful cinematography and mm-hmm. stuff that you can just get lost in it mm-hmm. um so i've been in a very real terrence malick phase mm-hmm. you've been in a very real 
Charlie Kaufman phase. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, I don't know. I don't. I wonder how much this has. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's an, an that. interesting. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting observation. Um, I bet it kind of shows what we like most about Lynch. Because what I like most about Lynch is what I like about Charlie Kaufman, that, like, it's, you know, beautiful and unsettling, and Mm -hmm. you're not quite sure what's going on, and obviously moodiness and all that. There is just something very, um, very gripping, I find, about Mm -hmm. about Charlie Kaufman's work in that way, whereas you're such, like, a cinematographer person that, like, you love the beautiful shots. Yeah, Yeah, and it's just sort of a difference of... I think it's really interesting that we you know both are fans of lynch and get different and they it, he scratches different itches for mm-hmm. each of us i think like sure. not necessarily all or nothing but but and i think that's what makes him a good filmmaker good artist is mm-hmm. that there are multiple things at play you know what i mean like it right. isn't you know there's certain like that's i enjoy watching the marvel movies but they're all pretty surface level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not going to get this, you know, depth of metaphorical cinematography and like right. this. You're not going to get those things, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's so much at play right? for anyone or no one. Mm-hmm. Like you could just completely not get it at all and it's not for you and move yeah. on. It's one of the many things that I... um I always categorize with things like sushi of like, I love sushi. Mm -hmm. Love it. I get why people aren't into it. (laughs) And that is like, like something like, like Ted Lasso. I'm like, it's just an objectively very good show. Like you should probably like, if you don't, not the end of the world, I don't give a shit. But like, I think most people who watch it will probably get some level of enjoyment out of versus something like Twin Peaks, even Twin Peaks season one, which is like, Arguably, it's most accessible, quote unquote, because it's it was on network TV. People mm-hmm. watched it. Even that, like, did like mm-hmm. the masses loved it. I have friends who are like, "Yeah, I'm going to try Twin Peaks," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's great." And then they'll text me and say, "Oh my god, I'm an episode and a half in, and I don't like it." I'm like, "Okay, stop. I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm not going to bully you into watching something you don't want to do. I bail on things all the time. There's no law." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But, yeah, no, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed kind of interacting with listeners. Um, yeah, it's been it's been great. It's yeah. been a, a good experience, I think. Um, I'll throw, I don't know, if you want to think of one question for me, I'll throw one question at you. Do you just, already have one that you thought of? Yeah, I'm oh. just thinking now. Like, and, it's, and simple, but what is your favorite episode not Mm. like i like not based on what we recorded or whatever but like either episode of a show of twin peaks or a a lynch movie you know what that what something we recorded an episode on which Mm. which of those is your favorite do you think and is there is there a moment that you realized you like lynch in this way or is there a particular Lynch movie that made you feel or not feel, or is there a specific specific Twin Peaks episode, or is is there any one moment that stands out for you through this run? Through this run specifically, well, this um, whole podca- our our podcast, okay. like any episode of basically any episode of Twin Peaks, um, or David Lynch movie, or or if it's Storyville by Mark Frost, if that's your favorite. Um, we're going to be here for a while because you're going to need to explain that one. <laughs> but uh, but if that's the case, that, that also qualifies. <laughs> okay, here's what I will say. My favorite David Lynch thing is the first hour of Inland Empire. Oh. I loved it. Yeah. I was like, I, and I, I know I said it a million times at the podcast because I listen to it back when I record, but I was like, genuinely, the first hour of this movie is like perfect for me. It's this weird, yeah. like, so much weirdness is happening, but I do, sometimes David Lynch does weirdness in a way that like Charlie Kaufman does weirdness. That it's like, oh, it's unsettling, but I still think I'm following what's, 
mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's whole scenes or whole movies or whatever that are just like, what just happened here? Like for the, the Poland segment of Inland Empire, it's uh-huh. trash. Like it's nothing in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But that first hour, God damn, watching her like lose hers. The moment when, I can tell you. I'm sorry, I found it. Yeah, that's great. The moment is when Laura Dern is acting and Alison does the thing like, oh my God, it sounds like I'm saying a line from a movie. And everybody on the the soundstage is like, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah, you you are. (laughs) And my, as I've said before, a descent into insanity is like, it is everything I want to see in a movie. I want to see somebody slowly go crazy. It's, It's also cool when you get to see like, Laura Dern, Justin Thoreau, Jeremy Irons, mm. and Harry Dean Stanton be like, just uh, play off each other yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're going to get some fucking gold. Yes. Yes. Um, I genuinely, really, truly adored it. I, yeah. it, it. For a full week after we recorded it, I was in the back of my head like, is there a way I could... I mean, I'm writing is my medium. Like, is there some way I could flesh out that first hour into like a, you know, a full story? Are you gonna Are you gonna write the script that they're the on high and blue tomorrows or whatever? Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. No, I actually just want to write that story. I just want to write a story about two southern lovers mm-hmm. who are mm-hmm. having an affair or whatever mm-hmm. it was about. Um, but man, the way that and actually, it kind of ties back to this uh to Hunt and Phil House, which we're rewatching right now mm-hmm. which is Mike Flanagan and honestly as soon as I saw it I was like I'm gonna watch this every Halloween for the rest of my <laughs> life like it's just one of those things like cool I have a new thing I can watch all the time um and he posted a thing by the way because we joke about that being super super monologue heavy yes. um <laughs> yep. and he posted a link he to Mike much- Flanagan oh Mike Flanagan um posted a thing on twitter today or yesterday or something um linking to some bit or clip or still frame or something from paris texas um she's a wim wenders movie starring mm-hmm. harry dean stanton Doesn't look tyler in that no tell me what it was called again paris texas paris texas i think i'm thinking of happy texas that might be happy nothing. texas doesn't have live tyler either Hmm. That's the Steve Zahn movie. Oh, yeah. What do you think I'm thinking of? I don't know. Liv Tyler. Lord of the Rings. It's, oh, Armageddon. <laughs> got it, got it. Um, um, but anyway, Mike Flanagan posted a thing calling out Paris, Texas, and he's like, you want to talk about monologues? This has some of the, this has one of the greatest monologues of all time and, and referenced Paris, Texas, which I thought was funny because... It was a thing we joked about, but uh-huh. apparently he has heard it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like people. We... Mike Flanagan knows the Haunting of Hill House, and a lot of his works are very monologue heavy. It's we we were texting with Jeff and Leslie, and I, and I forgot last year when we were watching it. <laughs> Jeff just called it monologues, the series, yeah. and it truly is a million monologues. But it also does a really lovely job of they have all the ghosts in the background and like which this door leads to the wrong place and and things like is, that. I, I that's one of those things that I think it kind of ruins the rewatch. Mm. The ghost because I find myself now every single frame scouring the frame looking like looking for them. Mm-hmm all the ghosts in the background or whatever and it's taking me out of what's actually supposed to be happening in the scene sure but so you don't know what movie Liv Tyler was in that you're I'm thinking still of? looking oh ooh Empire Records no <laughs> I was thinking of One Night at, a, at McCool's for ooh. some reason Paul Reiser classic Paul Reiser John Goodman Matt Dillon I that was the first time I remember and Michael Douglas. I got pulled aside and they gave me 20 bucks to watch a trailer for a new movie and then do a short interview about it. They so, somebody at a movie theater. It was on when the I street, it was it was in an airport on the street, but right outside Columbia College when I was going to film school oh, okay. outside one of the film buildings. And they said, come in, come into this room. Watch a movie trailer and then answer some questions about it. And then we're gonna murder. You. Like it's just research groups. <laughs> yeah. Like, of. and the movie was one one night at McCool's, and it was a lot of like, 
are you interested in seeing this movie? Mm -hmm. Why are you interested in seeing this movie? Are you not interested in seeing why not? Do you think that this movie is funny? Do you think this movie would be good for families? Do you think, who do you think the target market is? It was a lot of just that, that shit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember being like, I've still never seen that movie Mm -hmm. and told them out the gate. I don't think I'm interested in seeing this yeah. movie. It looks terrible. Yeah. Um, Even though you were probably the target market for it because you were probably right. 20. <laughs> yeah, I was Yeah, probably 20, 20, 22, 19, whatever. Dude. And just had no fucking interest in that movie. And I, to this day, still have not seen it. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. What'd you do with that 20 bucks? I don't know. Mm. Booze, right? Yeah, yeah, big time. Big time. Probably uh, went to Harold's Chicken Shack. It's right across the street. That place is delicious. Sparrow right there, too. Um, okay, my question for you is this. Yeah. If you could... Make sure it's a softball, because I got it. <laughs> get one question answered by David Lynch. Honestly, about... Would you elaborate on that? That's my question. <laughs> But if you, if you if you would could guarantee that he would give you an answer honestly as far as he answer. knows. Yeah. Not uh, necessarily okay. satisfactory, okay. but as honest Oof. as he knows how to be. Because we don't know. We don't know if he has like a big master plan or if he's just throwing shit at the wall and yeah. seeing what sticks. So whether it's about Twin Peaks. I, I, my, my initial thought was it being about Twin Peaks, but like sure, about filmmaking sure. process, about anything. I, that's a... Oof. That's hard because I think like what's interesting, like there's a there's a, a a very real conflict in that because one of the reasons I respect David Lynch so much is that he doesn't explain himself. You know what I mean? Mm. And so like forcing him to do so in some way is is. You know what I mean? Like killing the sacred cow or whatever. Like, but he also like when you do find those little nuggets that he drops because you, you know, compared one interview about a film to another interview about the same film. And you're like, oh, that means this Mm -hmm. when you connect those points. Mm -hmm. Like, it's fascinating to figure those things out. So I feel like I'd, I'd probably... What okay? What I think I would do is is go back through all of the season three behind the scenes stuff of him directing. Okay. And there's several moments where you see him talking to an actor, but you don't hear him. Mm -hmm. I think I'd like to take like. One of those scenes, like when he's sitting, there's one in particular I know where he's sitting down with Sherilyn Fenn, mm-hmm. and he's talking to her, and he's, he's kind of whispering. And this is, uh, do you know what scene they're in? Is this in her it's, house? Is it's this w- in the roadhouse? This is in the in in the house with Charlie. Um, it's one of those scenes. Um, okay. What are you saying right now? What are you saying to her? Sure. Because you need. You need to get what you need to get from her performance. She needs to understand why and what her motivations are. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in the middle is the conversation that's happening. Mm -hmm. He's not telling her, here's where you came from. Here's, we know that about him. He speaks more generically and and nebulous and whatever. So he's not telling her like, okay, now you just... You're, remember, you're in a. This is this, your eyeline. This, this is, is your, where the light is. Yeah, this. <laughs> you're. It's not. You're in a coma, and this is your thoughts behind this. It's not that specific, I don't think. But it's also not just make sure you're looking at mm-hmm. like. I want to know what he does to to get the performance he wants from Cheryl. I, Sherilyn Fenn, I think, is a great example in this one because her entire existence in that show is a question mark Mm -hmm. what's going on who is she why is she there what state is she in right is she saying is she alive alive? (laughs) like is she in a dream state is she in reality what's going on there and i wanted i'd love to hear what he was saying to her 
I thought of another favorite moment in Twin Peaks. Okay, bring it. It was in one of those scenes when he's when Charlie says, "Do I have to end your story too?" Talk about a fucking chilling. T- that is, you know what? All things considered, I do. Th- and I do not know if the credit here would go to Mark Frost, who I suspect maybe like a lot of the things Daddy, I like about Twin Peaks John are... John Bernardi need to take you out? <laughs> um, the, uh, I don't remember what I was talking about. The end your story too. Oh. Um, and who wrote it? And who oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I don't know if... Um, because some of the writing that I like mm-hmm. so much in Twin Peaks, obviously, is not David Lynch. And it's also, I think, probably in, impossible to separate the work of those two on that on that show. But um, there are a few turns of phrases that I have pointed out in this, and I can't pull them off the top of my head, but do I need to end your story, too, is... God, I wish I remember. There was one thing that I said, like, it was like a two-word phrase or like a four-word phrase, and I was like... If only I had the genius to, like, pour all of this meaning and evocation into four words or whatever it was. Was it the, I told them to fix their hearts or die? Mm-mm. I don't think it was that. I think it was earlier. Um, I don't know. Maybe if somebody remembers this conversation I have, they can help me. But I, I genuinely don't remember anything about it. But I just remember being, like, I wrote it down. I was like, fuck, man. Like, you know economy of writing this is it make it condensed and make it clear and make it evocative and like there are a few moments in throughout the series where you have some great fucking like yeah. one-liners or monologues or things like that that i um that it's I like really the opposite enjoyed. of flanagan <laughs> it's the opposite with of writing flanagan, yeah. yes um but i like flanagan too like yeah, not, no and they yeah that's exactly it like yeah. they, there's room for all of them to exist right i'm really excited to watch midnight mass but yeah. i want to get through um hill house again first um anyway all i have to say is that i just think there are mo- moments like i don't think it's the greatest writing on any show ever but i think there are some moments of like absolute brilliance and mm-hmm. the ability to make your here's what it reminds me of um I was reading an essay that uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote about writing um, My Shot, which is the, uh, and we've talked about this, the quote-unquote I want song of the show. Mm -hmm. It is the main character saying, here are my goals. And so at the beginning of that, you have have obviously Hamilton, you have the Marquis Lafayette, you have Hercules Mulligan, you have John Lawrence. Those are like our four squad members in the first first Mm -hmm. act of Hamilton. Um, And so the when we're introduced to these three the three characters who aren't Hamilton they each have like a four four line couplet or something like that that they sing to explain who they are I am you know I am a tailor and this is what I do I am the Mm Mercury Lafayette and I'm this guy and I'm Lawrence and I'm really into racial justice and then as soon as Hamilton kicks in he said uh, Lynn Morrell and Randa said what I wanted to do was condense those four lines they have into a half a line each Mm. and what are the important words I need to pull what are the important feelings I need to evoke um and so it's this way of it's like you know making a sauce you're just like letting it simmer and reduce and reduce until you have like this dense piece of flavor that has no nothing else besides the exact thing you want to say Mm -hmm. and like that Mm -hmm. kind of writing for me there's a reason I didn't like Nathaniel Hawthorne growing up. He's a very flowery, flowery writer, yeah, yeah. and when I'm 13, that's not my jam. Even Stephen King, like flowery, is not the right word, but he just doesn't have an editor, <laughs> and nobody's ever said like, "Hey, nobody wants to see a bunch of yeah. kids in an orgy." Can you believe that made it into a mainstream book? Uh, it's from I, it. I don't. I did not know that that was in the is book, that in the mo- in the book i haven't seen the second one and i do not it, I so don't, i don't think um, i don't think it was but it would have been in the first movie which i saw no it they smartly cut it out of both that oh. and the tim curry version the, but literally the, the second movie feels like a stephen king thing in that it's like an hour and a half too long <laughs> like did you oh i didn't realize i it watched not, it oh. it was bad um anyway at least i didn't like it um Sorry, I'm just trying to find where I want to get back on track to. Um, Economy of words. Yeah, but... Um, 
there, I just think there's something incredibly appealing about making, I, I guess the same way that you love like a tight 90 minute horror movie mm-hmm. that feels full, but yeah. it's only 90 minutes. It, it's that kind of thing, but, but with, but with language and there are just some pieces of writing in here that are really very good and different and interesting. Yeah. Um, and so it was fun to kind of get to dig into that. Yeah. And credit to, like, because there's great writing throughout this series that, you know, is written by Harley Payton or Robert sure. Engels sure. or some, like, some of my favorite lines in this. God, God the Fire Walk With Me poem is incredible. Mm-hmm. You Who know, wrote that? I assume that's that's from the pilot, so I assume it's oh, okay. Lynch and or and or Foss. Okay, I thought you were crediting that to somebody else. Uh, so no, but like you're saying. one of my favorite things is is the let me let you in on a little secret. Every day, once a day, give yourself a present. Don't mm. wait for it. Don't you know that whole thing? Just that can be a little catnap in your chair, or a, whatever, or a nice steam a hot cup cup of Joe, or whatever. Um, that whole, but like every day, once a day, give yourself a present. Mm-hmm. It's just a sweet line, and I. And it's a sweet line from. Pretty sure it was Harley Payton who wrote that. It feels like Harley Payton. Mm-hmm. I feel like whenever I look up certain Twin Peaks quotes, I go back and see who wrote the episode, and it's mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, it's it's Harley Payton. I'm just googling Twin Peaks quotes to see if I can pull up whatever that. Um, whatever that fucking line that yeah, I like I so I, much I wish I could remember three, though, you think? no I think it was in season one or two okay like I think it was original but I don't know um and I just have a sort of weeding through wiki quote I'm not sure if yeah I don't know like a yeah I take it you have no idea who said it like it's not like a I don't I feel like maybe Gordon Cole was around I, honestly because he's I'm not, not even in it till a, till a ways. I'm but. not even going to try to guess because I genuinely have no idea. It's all run together in my head. I just remember there being like yeah. a real come to Jesus moment for me. Huh. Uh. I don't remember even discuss or just the or the like e- economizing your words so much so that like we see the reaction of several different characters that Laura Palmer has died without any dialogue mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you see donna just knows because the the principal comes into the classroom or whatever or the teacher or whoever or the cop comes into their classroom that's what it is mm-hmm. and then james looks at her and you see an empty chair all of that is a hundred percent just told visually you know exactly what happened and no one had to be like your mm-hmm. classmate laura palmer has just been killed mm-hmm. like the do you see half a conversation of Leland Palmer on the phone and then a Truman walks in and he just drops the phone because right. he just knows. Right. And it's, oh, it's so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. I'm really glad we did this. I think it was a, such a good project to work us through the pandemic. Yeah. I needed it so bad. I needed some kind of like structure or something. Um, Would you ever want to do a different thing like a is there another show or something that you'd want to that you like obviously you know twin peaks is my passion piece but mm. you know do you have one that i don't know um yeah i don't think i do i there aren't any dramas that i have rewatched more than you know a couple times besides like the hill house stuff um, my comfort shows tend to be sitcoms, which mm-hmm. I don't think lend themselves as well to this kind of analysis. Thing. And yeah, yeah, because like I, what we do is there's more... nothing to decode in exactly, Thirty Rock. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I certainly don't have anything close to an idea. Yeah. At this time, um, and there's got to be a good pun for the title. Obviously, obviously, that's important. I mean, Lord of the Rings is probably a big one but i'm working on a project about that with with a different friend because she's also a lord of the rings fan um oh my god i hope you can't hear Dottie just like losing her fucking mind over her little squirrel she hasn't played with those in a while it was in the uh toy box in our ottoman i just took it out last week um all right listen 
this was a, a joy. Oh, I guess we're just giving up on any kind of audio People quality. People need to hear Dottie one more time. They don't need to hear the squeakiness right in the mic. Maybe. I know it sounds like we have a herd of thundering bison in our home. It's just our one dog. Well, okay. I didn't throw it yet. <laughs> well, anyway. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll be signing off. And then, yeah, we'll. Uh, if when this whole wisteria, unrecorded night, whatever, mm-hmm. this potential lynch project. Mm-hmm happens we mm-hmm. can come back on and and talk about it but until then see you in the trees see you in the trees thank you for listening to cooper duper at twin peaks podcast for regular people hosted by michael greif and me jessica bloomke greif our podcast logo is by forker creative you can follow them at forker creative our theme music is by Brad Chactus. You can always email us at cooperduperpod at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes and leave us a positive review and tell a friend. We'll see you next week. <laughs>